The bear fattens up and hunkers down under moss and roots. Turtles bury themselves in muddy backwaters. I settle in with a good book, a wool blanket, and a cup of tea. Welcome to The Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. I find it odd how callously we often toss around the terms vermin, weed, or pest as if the worth of nature is solely based on its relative value to our own convenience and efforts. As a gardener, I certainly dig, rip, tear, and smother invaders in my little garden plot in an effort to grow the juiciest tomatoes and hottest chilies. I suppose in our human efforts to create a nice little home for ourselves, we invariably draw a faint line between what we call nature and what we call home. We like to keep our weeds out there and our vegetables in here and perhaps our larder over there and Scottish poet Robert Burns' wee sleekit cowrin timorous beasties mice out there. From the time the temperature swings colder in the fall to the time we are locked up in a deep freeze in the winter, mice seem to find their way into our homes in search of food and shelter. For some, mice elicit almost absurd fear, like the elephant in so many children's cartoons who jumps in fright at the sight of a mouse. But for others, that soft, dense, fine fur, their delicately nimble, almost human-like paws, and their big beady eyes tug a bit at our heartstrings. I suppose I am more of the latter. I take no pleasure in trapping mice, and often find myself taking out a dead mouse, whispering half to myself and half to the mouse, Come on, little buddy, you had the whole big wide world with all the food, hollow logs, and rock walls to live in. Why did you have to come into my house? Perhaps this all stems from some pang of guilt I feel sometimes when I look at the impacts of my very own species and darkly wonder, pest? Here in Maine, we have five common species of mice. There are meadow jumping mice, woodland jumping mice, white-footed mice, deer mice, and lastly, house mice. House mice populations and ranges almost perfectly mirror our own, so wherever in the world there are people, there are often house mice to keep us company. Scientists call wild animals whose populations and ranges are so closely linked to our own, synanthropes. But not all mice are so thoroughly linked to us. While small and sometimes a bit pesty, mice are truly an incredible group of mammals. Of course, house mice aren't just thieves and squatters, they are frontiersmen, farmers, sailors, and traders of old, and have found a way to travel to and live everywhere in the world, a feat that few species can claim. The meadow jumping mouse is one of only five species in Maine who are true hibernators, making them unlikely intruders in our houses. White-footed mice seem at home throughout most of eastern and central U.S. and Mexico, but in Canada only seem to live in a disjunct population in Nova Scotia. How did they get there? The deer mouse can have a home territory of over four and a half acres. And not to be outshined by its brethren, the little round fluff ball that is the woodland jumping mouse has massive kangaroo-like back legs and can jump an astonishing three meters in a single hop. By comparison, that would be akin to a human jumping almost 200 feet. So yes, perhaps mice find their way into our homes, and we need to set up an annual trap line to help delineate our home space from the wildlands and stave off the nasty disease and whatnot that these wild animals can bring into our homes. 
Yet these five species that we have are disproportionately tough and resilient little creatures. So this weekend, while you may still need to evict a mouse or two from your space, you can look at their dark, beady eyes and quote Robert Burns in his poem to a mouse by whispering, I'm truly sorry man's dominion has broken nature's social union and justifies that ill opinion which makes thee startle at me, thy poor earthborn companion and fellow mortal. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology.